right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast slash No Laying Up preview show presented by our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Solly here coming to you live actually from on site for once. We are at the Country Club at Brookline. Spent the day out there. Going to tell you all about it. But joining me today is, of course, the Beluga, who I believe is breaching. Uh, Neil Schuster. Hello, Mr. Neil. People wondering how he does it. Four weeks in a row. Winter plays, baby. Let's go. Solly, looks like you're in a barn. It's a very weird, it's a. It's almost like a comically bad backdrop, so I just, just decided we're just going to embrace it a little bit. But yeah, the media centers are, uh, they're temporary structures, if you will. Big Randy is here as well, calling in from Denver. Hello, Mr. Big. Hey guys, great to be with you. Question for Neil. Neil, have you ever been inside of a media center? Uh, I have, with you actually, Mr. Big. Oh, that's right. At the, uh, right. At the PGA. I think you were, you were trying to, that was a leading, leading the witness question there. What, what were you trying to get at? No, I just didn't. I, I honestly didn't know that we broke in to get free waters. You're damn right. As we I did. remember, long time ago, 2017. Look at how far. Look at how far we've come. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, I know that's a, that was a lot of majors ago, and uh, it's going to be included in this next stat because for 40 consecutive majors, Odyssey has been the number one putter in play. You may recall John Rahm putting his white hot OG Rossi to good use last year at Torrey Pines. Hopefully for him. Uh, he leaves himself with plenty of left-to-right putts at Brookline like he did on 17 and 18 last Father's Day. Guys, I can report from on the ground, there will be some big breaking putts out here at the Country Club. Other odysseys that you'll probably see are Sam Burns and Xander Shoffley's number sevens. And, of course, there'll be plenty of odysseys in play for the number one putter on tour and the number one putter at majors. As always, you can learn more about Odyssey at odysseygolf.com. I will also say if you wanted to watch our video on Brookline, you'll see some uh, some some not great putting uh, with our Odyssey, uh, my O-Work 7, and a lot of TC is putting a lot of different putters in play. It, it, many people were saying it was just a straight-up commercial for Odyssey and uh, were overly concerned with how many putters he was putting into play. Yeah, I think TC's um, got to give up well, the lefty-righty putty thing, but that's I, we'll take that offline with him. I do, too. I forget if it was Scotland or Bandon. He had five putters with him. I, I feel like he might be lost in the sauce a bit on the putting. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our friends, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We are two majors down. Next up, can you guys tell me where we're at? It is Brookline. From tee to green, you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can deposit $25 or more and get $100 in free bets instantly. And I must say, I'm going to have probably six or seven uh, daily fantasy lineups going this week on top of some very interesting plays, which we will get into but before the end of this show. Uh, I got a few guys, a few sleepers up there, but – um, you know, on our actual picks, we need to try to run down TC. So it's going to look a little, my lineups are going to look a little bit different. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the course for cash with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contest. It's easy. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and lock your lineup before the pros hit the first shot on Thursday. Everyone can play for over $10 million in prizes. So don't miss out on the action for golf's third major. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU at sign up, deposit $25 or more, and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's code NLU, only the DraftKings. King Sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restriction supply. See show notes for details. I might get steep on guys... DFS just this week. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the itch a little bit. What do you think, Randy? What do you think? I say big go man? for it. Yeah, let's I, go. I, let's make ten teams. Let's dive in. You know what, Sal? You know where I want to start. I want to challenge you as as man on site. Uh, 
I, I want to know about the vibe. I want to know. Give me ten things. You got ten things. You think you can give me ten <laughs> things to watch for? Neil, I told you I'd get you ten. I you think did tell I only me got eight. Okay. I, I told you I'd get you ten. I think I got eight. Uh, I think that a lot of these will permeate uh, through the conversation, if you will. Uh, number one, U.S. Open sick. I haven't been. I have not been to a U.S. Open to cover it since we started no laying up, and I. And very much kind of regret every every time one of these major weeks rolls around. We do live shows after each round. I need to be home for those. And I had never, in, you know, invoked the strategy of going early in the week and then getting home. I'm doing it going forward, man. It's sick. It's it's a whole different energy seeing all the top players in the world congregate. Just seeing that little extra level of seriousness in it. The grandstands, the red flags, the checkered, uh, you know, uh, stripes you would call them on the pins the way the rough frames the greens man it just like i haven't seen like a u.s open golf course in person in like 12 years i went to pebble in 2010 so first big takeaway u.s open sick i'm just i'm um the grandstands the scale of everything all the fans flowing in for a monday practice round i'm i'm excited about that i'll, I'll get let me two. jump in yeah sorry i just want to say Please, go the, the usga one thing they do really well at every championship they put on is that same feel of it's a it's a very important tournament. Um, the like you said the the yardage sign markers and the the flags and all of that stuff. So I've never been to a, a men's U.S. Open, but I, I've been to other USJ events, and that is consistent throughout all of them. Look at you guys, and I will loving the red, white, and blue. A couple of Patriots, I, I love it. Well, now on top of getting paid by the PGA Tour, the Live Tour, and the PGL, now we're getting paid by the USGA. Uh, I'm sure that, that's of course sure that's coming. Yeah. Let's just let's just get out in front of that. Um, paid by everybody. <laughs> I'll take your money. Come on. Uh, I will say it is. Uh, it's. I don't want to be overly dramatic about this, but we're we're really it's, this week comes at a very good time for the world of golf in terms of needing an event to kind of feel good about. I hope it's a great one. I hope we get a winner. I frankly, I hope we get a winner that's not from the Live Tour because it's just going to resurface all of what we've been talking about for the past several months. I don't know if any Live guys are in your picks later. I can't wait to find that out. Uh, I thought about just it. Kind of use a little feel good. I know you wanted to be play the villain. Well, no. I, I can't really talk myself into any of them. I mean, I, I, who do you think has a DJ? Is he, I guess he would be the favorite among the, uh, the villains, if you want to call him that, but shorts maybe. I, I, I think we got to adopt wrestling terminology. I, I truly feel that's the way we're headed. Gooch maybe would, yeah. would be the, uh, another guy that, that can win. Or, I mean, we have Bryson, I know he's coming off injury, but Reed's been playing a little bit better golf. He's just signed on. Like, um, and then of course the, the names we don't know yet. Well, is It'd there be a, a really great story? for golf if it was one of the guys that has come out and says they're not said they're not going to do it because there's a whole bunch of Cantlays and Xanders that are just kind of sitting on the fence that no one really knows either way that uh have not really and we've also seen that if you swear your allegiance to it you're not necessarily dedicated to doing it so yeah I don't know. before we move on to number two I'm curious I'm sure the media center is a buzz everyone discussing live versus PGA tour what about, were you out among the players? Were you on the range? Like, do you feel like there is a, a schism among the actual players? Like, is anybody getting the cold shoulder? Were there any, uh, you know, kind of like high school glare fests going on um, around the putting green? You know, like Channel 4 News Team versus Channel 2 News Team. Like, 
G- give me give me a sense of how the players are actually interacting. Uh, that's actually on my list, Neil. So that we'll make that number two is it feels like business as, as usual with the live players. I see guys, you know, that played last week that are playing in groups with, you know, uh, we talked about this on the back half of this. If you're listening on the podcast and if you're watching on video, please go check out the podcast. Talked to Max Holma for about 15 minutes after his round. He played a practice round with Taylor Gooch uh, this week, who he plays practice round with every week. And I asked him about the kind of that 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 vibe between the players. What's it like? Uh, he gives you a great answer on that. But also, from what I could see, it's just a it's business as usual. It really is. James Piat is Piat is out here wearing his live golf hat. He is on an NIL deal, and uh, so I believe he's obligated to wear that. And it seems like a little bit of a, a middle finger, if you will. But I saw you know J- DJ was teeing it up with Kokrak and Gary Woodland. Uh, I don't know if that is. Kokrak's official statement to move over or what that is but I don't get the sense of that among the players just yet I'm just kind of like I have a feeling those PGA Tour guys have been like ready to you know I'm going to show those guys or I'm, I'm pissed at these guys and then when they see them they act all cool like and I'm, I'm I feel conflicted on like how I should feel when I when I see these guys that are you know that have done this and uh what you know how to act towards them or what we should be rooting for Taylor Gooch was on the phone for a decent amount of like the 11th hole today. I don't know what he's trying to figure out. If he was Kevin Kisner made the joke about, it uh, looks like he's trying to figure out his next career move uh, as it happened. So there was like at least a little bit of humor in the situation, but Justin Thomas just gave his press conference and kind of just said, yeah, it just makes him very sad. All the things that have happened. And he wasn't surprised that Bryson and, and Phil, you know, leapt because they've been talking about it so brazenly for quite some time. So it's a it's a weird vibe because number three on my list also here is it's all anybody else is talking about. I mean, it's just after Phil's presser, I sat around and talked to you know Paul Azinger and a bunch of other guys for about forty five minutes. It felt like of all the things we're hearing and all the things that are going to happen and all the things that have happened in the past that have led to this and blah appearance fees and they should have done this, should have done that, and all the different you know ways that this could play out and uh, Kind of was hoping this week would be a little bit of escape from from all of that, but I, I'm not getting the sense that it's going to be. Not earlier in the week. I, I th- hopefully by the time we get to the weekend and the tournament takes shape, I I imagine, I guess unless like a Phil or Bryson or <laughs> one of the guys is is leading or right there, uh, I, I imagine it'll become about the the championship this weekend. Did I you hope ha- so? Did you backing up to number two? Did you have a chance to talk to Gooch or was he just on the phone? I did the not. Time? <laughs> no. He uh he didn't look like he was uh you know ready to ready to engage in any media conversations. Talked with everyone else in the group, but he was the only one that didn't really. I don't really know him. I've met him one time, but talked with Kevin Kisner for a while. Talked with Kevin. Ch- I spent most of the day debating the uh, the distance argument with Kevin Chapel. Actually, that was actually really fun. <laughs> and uh, going around with Max and Joe, kind of talking about the tee shots and Matt. Uh, it was it was really cool to see Joe at work in terms of you know we get to like the thirteenth hole we they get to the 13th hole i'm walking with them really blind tee shot and i was curious to see how guys were going to play it were they going to hit driver are they going to hit what and max gets up and pulls seven wood and i kind of asked joe like what are you considering about here blah 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 he's like well if you hit it this distance we're, we're aiming at this part of the tent if you hit it this distance we're, we're aiming at that and he had drawn it into his yardage book already uh to show like yeah 270 on this line off this part of the tent or 250 off this line i was like god man it's it's cool that you know joe was already out here on sunday had walked the course had all the notes ready for monday practice round with max to say here's all the lines we're going to do max didn't have to do much of any work today as caddy was all prepared for all that and that was that was just a cool thing to see so well i hold on i and i don't want to get digress here but you he can't bear the lead What's this distance debate with Kevin Chapel? What? 
just about like rolling back the ball and you know and blah, he blah, doesn't blah. want he doesn't want to roll it back no he thinks you should address everything with architecture and things like that it all started because we're walking from the 13th green back to the 14th tee which is a long walk back for a 625 yard par five and kisner just kind of made a <laughs> made a, 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 a made a smart aleck comment towards me and, and chapel like chimed in immediately like yeah don't you guys want to roll it back or what do you guys want to do we're, we'll have him you know what we'll, we'll let him have his day in court we'll have him on sometime and discuss it. he brings up some like like the like the pros viewpoint on it and very good points of like you know if you roll it back blah 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 the oems are the ones that spend a lot of money in the sport and there it's going to cost them a ton of money so it might hurt the game to do this like all things we've talked about in the past but uh was it was interesting to get the the, the player's viewpoint on that so for sure. All right. Sorry. On to number four. Number four, graduated rough in places. Mm. We have seen this called for. We've seen it in the past. I didn't take enough notes on which holes or what, but it caught my eye uh, walking left of the 12th fairway. Um, I think in talking with Max about it, too, he says they do a good job of like, hey, longer holes where we got to hit driver. Let's not make it be ankle deep five feet off the fairway, like super close to the fairway. So you have fairway cut. You have a second cut that's very, very, very playable, but it's very narrow. And then a third cut that's a little bit on the lighter side. It is not wedge out, but then it's only about five feet wide. And you get left of that, and it's like ankle deep stuff that, like, I watched some of those guys not be able to get over bunkers in front of the green out of that stuff. It very much dictated how you had to play it. So, for balls that at least start somewhat online and start in the fairway that work their way into the rough on some of these holes, they're not going to have as much of a punishment as somebody that misses way offline, which I think I think is a solid, uh, you know, way of testing the guys. You know, and you you get to like the 18th hole, which is only 450. And it's like a three wood off the tee for those guys. There's no graduated rough. It's like hit this fairway or you are paying the price, right? And uh, it, it it seems like they're they're onto something with there with, with that. But Randy, I'm sure you wanted it 18 eight yards wide fairways with ankle deep rough fescue right off the fairway. I would take it for sure. Uh, I think we need to start calling the different sections of rough. Like, can we name it? You know, like is the deep rough the graduate magna cum laude? <laughs> And then you're, you know, you're down to the summa cum laude post doctorate, pay pay the fee, get a B type, you know, the short little rough. I I don't know. I feel like we need nicknames for the different levels of rough. The lighter cut should be called the rough. And then the deep stuff is the muff. How about that? Okay. Well, tell what about around the greens? Are we going to get any ball test videos from you this week, Sally? Of, of, you know, I dropped the ball. Now I can't, I can't find it. Where, where'd it go? I dropped it. Neil, I dropped a golf bag in the rough earlier, and I couldn't find it. It went, it just disappeared. The thing disappeared. The rough so thick out here. So also, I forget what number we're at on the list because we're kind of going out of order here. But you were on four. Uh, I've written, I've written down uncomfortable chips, open faced sixties, but not straightforward shots around the green. So yes, there is thick rough. It is the opposite of Southern Hills. It is thick rough just off the golf course. I've consistently said in the past that's I think that's a very boring style of test. This is still not my favorite, but I will say. For the PGA Tour golf courses that balls run into this thick rough a foot over the green and they can open the face and get up and down pretty easily, that's what I find boring. None of this is going to be – I don't think this is going to be particularly boring because the pitch shots are so difficult. If you go long over these greens, I posted a video of Max hitting a flop that literally landed on the fringe directly in front of him and rolled all the way down about 45 feet down to a pin like it, it, it it's just so slopey and there's so many truly bone spots around these greens that 
uh, you're going to see some very, very uncomfortable chips. Is it going to be a, a little bit too much of a chipping contest? Probably. There's a little bit of, this won't be one of the U.S. Opens. They say this is not your father's U.S. Open. Randy's going to like this one a little bit. I have a feeling. This is going to be a little bit like your father's U.S. Open. Does, oh. that, does that get a little excitement going on you? Yeah, I, and I was going to ask you, what's the sense of, you know, do you feel like they're going to put a lot of water on the course between now and Thursday? Or is it, you know, is, is it going to be a, a four-round test that's pretty even day-to-day, -day, I guess? Or is it going to be that, well, you know, where it gets gradually harder as we get to Sunday? It did rain last night. Okay, I just want to get this in the record books. It rained here. Last night I woke up. The streets were wet. The golf course was wet. All right, it rained. Okay. It wasn't soft, soft out there today, but it wasn't rock hard firm. It honestly looked a little firmer when we were when we were out here in May. So this is one that, you know, I'm probably going to tend to agree with you guys. If they come out Thursday and it's soft, there's really not much of a reason for it to be soft, I don't think. Love I will that. say also. Going to hold you to that, um, Solid. Randy yeah. is going to well, hold the, you to that. Something you need to remember is these greens are so slopey that I don't know if they're going to be able to have them all at the same speed. If they have, you know, some of the things where you know this green is going to be a little slower because of how slopey it is. I, I'm interested to see what they do with the green speed because if they get much wind, and I honestly haven't even looked at the for, the wind forecast. I don't have TC's windy app. Usually he's here to tell us exactly what it's going to do this week. But um, they're going to need a little wind to bake these things out a little bit. That's how it goes. That's always how it goes, Randy. I know you don't like that part, but wind and firmness of greens are directly correlated. Well, um, I just don't want them to use like an eight-mile-per-hour wind as an excuse to put the pin in the easiest spot on the green. That's what bothers me. I don't think it's going to be a ton of low scores, but I think some guys are going to put up some decent numbers. Like, I don't think it's going to be easy and, you know, a two undercut necessarily, but I think there's going to be a few guys that are going to be able to separate. It, it's challenging, but it's not that difficult. It's not a, as penal as, say, like Wingfoot was. It's not as long and as narrow of fairways. Like, there's opportunities to score out there. It requires some really good big boy golf shots, but. Like I keep going back to Wingfoot. Like mathematically, you're just we're everyone was going to miss so many fairways that the the test was just, the scoring was automatically going to go up, right? And I just don't necessarily see that out here. I think there's going to be opportunities to to you know post some decent numbers out here. That again, that, that sounds like it's really easy, but it's not. It just looks like you look at the, the the backstop behind the green on 18. If you get over the front bunker and get it on that green, it's like a punch ball. It's a funnel. You're gonna hate it, Randy. You're gonna hate every second. But there will be a ton of birdies on something like that. All right. Well, you know, so. we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Question for you on the course, Solly, uh, around the chipping stuff you're talking about. I was watching uh, the, the fried egg video on the chocolate drops, some of the humps and bumps. I think that was on the six hole. Is that the kind of stuff that you're going to see all over the course? Or is that just, are you saying the chipping's just hard because of the rough and like some severe slopes? Severe slopes. You get to up to a couple of the greens. I'm thinking of 10. I'm thinking of 12. They're just like sitting on their side. Like it, it's, I try to take some pictures, but it just really doesn't show up that well in a picture. It just is, it, you are playing. If you, even if you miss to the side of one of these, your, your high point of where you need to aim a chip might be 25 feet right of a hole as you need to play it around and wrap it around uh, back to the left. There's almost no, unless you miss directly underneath one of the holes, there's no like, straightforward chip shots on any of these i saw guys spending so much time around the greens chipping throwing their balls in bad lies trying to get used to getting the ball to land in the right spot it's uh it it's not my favorite style of play and we're gonna see so 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 much of that i think as the week goes on but uh that's what brookline is that that was the decision that was made 
however many years ago when they decided they were going to come here that uh you know this was not a place that was designed to be with big runoffs and short grass around the greens well and i'm okay with that i just don't want yeah. that every single week right but like I'm, I'm excited to see that test this week and i think when i compare it to the u.s open at pebble where some of that stuff got a little i don't know if redundant's the right word but i feel like the greens at pebble are a little more just circular there's a little less going yeah. on they're smaller you know and that's a challenge as well just to hit them but every video I've seen, like uh, the one that we put together and, and the other ones that are floating around this week, uh, it feels like there's just a lot more nuance and a lot more going on. A lot bigger greens, a lot more funnels and, and just trouble once you're actually on the green instead of the, the problem being hitting the green. So that, that seems like it's a, a bit of a nuance difference. And then, but every, you know, you might say because it's long rough around all these greens, it's similar to Pebble, but I think that might be a difference. Well, here's what I'll say. It's not what I hate about, especially about those is when you get out of position and you can bang one through the green and know it's going to stop a foot over it and yeah. be totally fine. You don't get that out here. You do not get that out there out here. It is. You're not going to like where you're at on, I'd say at least 75% of the holes. If you just bang one over the green and are long of these greens, that's, that's not where the good spots are at. So, okay. Well, let's see what, what do you got um, for number six? Number six is real punishment for missing fairways. Um, again, I keep referring to Wingfoot. But it is small, firm greens, and they're protected. It is not. There are not very many holes that have run-up areas where you can, when you get out of position, you can take a, a lower lofted club and run it up through the fairway and up onto the green. Right? It is shots. I think I'm thinking of the tenth hole, where it's a you know a long par four that you're you're hitting up a hill to an elevated green that has bunkers and rough protecting it. Like if you miss that fairway, it is going to be so 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 hard to hit hit the green. Number 12 has a cross bunker in front of it. If you and I watched Kevin Chappell hit one into the left muff, if you will, and couldn't get it up over that bunker, um, you know, to, you know, in front of that green. And that's that's where it's like, again, it's not going to be wing foot of like, hey, bomb it down there as far as possible. And there's openings in these greens that you can still get on to them. Man, it, it, you're going to need to hit a decent amount of fairways to be able to. And then when you do that, it looked pretty damn easy, honestly. Like Taylor Gooch and, and Max made it look pretty easy as far as you hit the fairway. The approach shots are not that challenging. And I know I said this in the video that we posted and I'll say it again now. It's like it does every time I, I go see one of these courses, I, I start convincing myself as of this point, you got to hit fairways out there and it never rings true. And this week it feels like, look, it might not ring perfectly true, but maybe a little more than some of the other venues that we've seen. Like it's it's going it, to it matters. I watch guys really watching closely where their balls finish today, because just even in a practice round, just to make sure that it stayed in the fairway. God, I wish I would have talked to you before. I was I was using no. driving accuracy as kind of a uh, you know a stat this week, and then I kind of went away from it. I don't know, you know, I've, I'm I maybe, but driving accuracy without the distance, I don't know. It's tough, but that's that's good intel. It's not that long of a course. I mean, distance plays everywhere, but this doesn't feel like a place that it's going to rule, right? And I haven't walked the front nine yet. I mean, I've played it, but I, I've not gone out and seen how the front nine's playing. The fairways are rolling out plenty fine. It's going to kick some balls into the rough because it's just going to be hard to hold firm fairways on, you know, unless you're hitting really shaping it the proper way. So it's going to make for some good, good strategery this week, if you will. And you know what another thing is? Number seven on this list, the blind shots. Tee shot on 10, blind. Tee shot on 12. Yeah, that one's totally fine. Tee shot on 13. As blind as it gets in professional golf. The approach shot into 14. As blind as it gets in professional golf. 
15, you know exactly where the fairway is, but there's so much hill and rock outcropping right in front of you. You can't see a speck of the fairway that you're actually aiming for on that tee shot. 17, where you're actually landing it around the corner, you don't really see that. 18 is pretty straightforward and whatnot, but there's just so many shots. You know, the third hole, you're not going to see where your ball lands. The fourth hole, you're not going to see where your ball lands. Who handles that well? That, that's that's a question. You know, some guys are going to get out here and see this and just hate it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the guys that Jack Nicholas is looking for in terms of, you know, the, oh, well, that guy's not going to win. Um, and some guys are going to embrace it and be totally fine with it. And they're going to learn their way around it pretty quickly. But it's it's a, it's an element. It's a factor. It's not something these guys see every week. And we'll see, uh, see who actually handles it well. So the rock outcroppings have been very striking on, on some of the video content I've watched. How do you think that's going to show up in some of these blind shots? Is that going to translate well on TV? Like, How do you think this open will be as a TV viewing product compared to some of the past ones? I've heard the comp for this being called a longer Marion. That's okay. what it feels like to me. It's not super scenic, but man, they've got, you know, the fescue around the bunkers growing in great. Like it, it really was a little nostalgic feeling of walking out there today. And again, we were here a month and a half ago and it looks nothing like it currently does. Yeah. And it was kind of hard to picture it as a U.S. open course a month and a half ago. And now you see it and you're like, oh man, they kind of, they kind of nailed it with this, uh, with the aesthetic, right? With the grandstands and the USGA flags and, and all that. And uh, the rock outcroppings don't really come into play that much, um, but there's definitely a, a, some overhead shots and some shots they're going to get of, uh, you know, what makes this this whole landscape very unique. And uh, they'll get that. But I know I'm taking a long time with these. So last thing on my list, uh, I will say, I don't know how well this is going to show up on TV, but a few key spots when you're talking about closing out a major championship, I thought this was interesting. There's limited fans around some very key areas. One of those, three of those being 16 green, the fans really can't come up down the right side of that green. If you're if you're looking at it from the tee, they don't really, you know, get around that green and put that kind of major championship pressure and feel on guys. And right off of that is 17 T. That's why they don't have the fans back there because it's a small little tight corner of the property. And then you roll out to 18, and 18 T will have no fans around that tee box. It is in between one green and a fence, which is the boundary of the property. So when guys are trying to close out a tournament on the 72nd hole. I don't know. I kind of I'm picturing Wingfoot and I'm picturing the crowd around Phil and uh, some of the other scenes that we that we see in uh, in U.S. Opens in the past. And there's not going to be any of that around 18 green. They can't re really can't do it logistically. But that was just a takeaway I had to say oh, around you know, it's 18 not gonna... T. 18 T. I'm yeah. sorry. 18 T. Just to, I just want to make sure 18. Well, 18 green had the like, 18 fairway has a huge grandstand. But even that like there's not a amphitheater sure. behind 18 green to, to gather. I mean, it's just like standing only. Kind of thought they were going to put a you know some bleachers above the walkway back there, but it's uh no there's there's the huge grandstand there, but there's not the bowl uh, that you're going to see coming into coming into 18 green. Just it's a this is a logistical challenge. This whole this whole kind of operation they got roads all around this course shut down. You have to take a shuttle from you know the train stations to get here and all this stuff. It's a just such an enormous logistical uh you know taking and i'm just blown away by the whole the, the size of the the operation but that's my list of eight things that stuck out to me today so 18t could be kind of like 13t at augusta right maybe maybe it's just a, a very a lonely bit. place when you're trying to close out the uh the tournament you know you're up there just with your own thoughts in your head randy and we know how lonely that can be brother yeah yeah <laughs> question i have for for randy then what what will it take for you to be to be satisfied by the end of this week oh god let's see I would like the course to be spicy from day one. I think 
I, 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 I want even par to be a really, really good score. I want par on each hole to be a really good score. I would love to hear a, a decent number of the players like bitching about the setup and some of the unfair <laughs> pins, perhaps that's, that's always a great sign in my book. Those, those are the big things. Like I hate when it's somehow soft in round one and there's, you know, Oh God, somebody went out and shot a 65. It's, Oh, that's not a U.S. open test. Um, so those, those, I mean, honestly, I, I don't ask for much that that's kind of it. I, I just want a really hard golf course and I want it to be hard for four days. I don't think that's too much I to ask for, again, Randy. No. I, I think asking for players to be bitching about it might be a little too much to ask for, but I think the rest is very fair. But I, I have some good news. I Again, I don't have the Windy app, but we're on weather.com here looking up south-southwest at 16 miles an hour uh, on Thursday and, and out of the south at 18 during the day, actually, that day. And then southwest on Friday at 15 miles an hour. And then we have northwest 17 miles an hour on Saturday. And then on Sunday, northwest 14 miles an hour. Like that's, that's good. That's, so we'll that's nice not flip. seven miles an hour. That, that, that's, that's some pretty strong winds. That's not even gusts. I think you know you can get even stronger with that. That's, that's, that's sustained wind. I, but, I, but the whole thing will be that the staff cannot use that as an excuse to soften the greens and to put the pins in you know safer spots. Like, let's, let's get this course right up to the edge. Let's get people really frustrated. That's what I want. And don't back off if there's criticism. I, 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 that's the part that I, I – you know, it's like just – just take, yeah, hey, you're upset. I'm sorry. You know, like we're, we're that's just play what's in front of you. Sometimes yeah. I feel like they, they back plays the off. Same they start course. apologizing for it or whatever. It's like, you know, yeah, they've lost it a couple times, but hey, that's, you know, that's where learning happens on the edge of uncomfortable. I am going to put the uh, the chances of Randy being satisfied with how this plays out at 2% then based on, based on the criteria you have laid out. I think it's a 2% chance because they don't. I know I, I'm not expecting to be satisfied. I mean, we just saw it with the women's <laughs> open too. I, it's I'm never satisfied, but I think that's been a conscious shift in the way the USGA goes about things, and I, for one, don't agree with it. Well, it's a it's a, it's a new day yeah. with with uh, Mike Wan in there, so we'll see what uh, what what he comes out with here. All right, before we move on to some player odds, favorites, who's not going to win, all that kind of good stuff. Solly, Phil Presser. What was the I scene? was there for it. It, it. it was a it was a scrum. It was a it was quite a quite a scene, if you will. Not a lot of airflow going in the little stand up area where they're doing these things now. It was a it, it was an odd scene in terms of it was so much anticipation and like thirty seconds into hearing Phil talk, I was like, ah, I don't need to hear the rest of this. Like I know I know He's not exactly going to say a word. It's going to go like no. not a thing. It was a master class of just dodging punches and really taking a lot of time to either actually think it through or fake it through to the point where you, I mean, said his answer and like prefaced it so much, you kind of forgot what the question was and would just kind of conclude it with like, I, I, I respect, you know, when it would be the, the awkward questions, the nine 11 questions and how do you feel about letting down the fans and all that? It's like, you know, this has been so divisive. How do you feel like this grows the game, blah, blah, blah. And he would just take a long time with it. And I respect, respect those opinions. You know, I have great, he used the word respect. I'd love to do a control F uh, on the whole presser with that one, because it was just that on repeat. And um, we know this, there's, we know there's no actual good answer for these difficult questions because you know, it all comes down to, they're taking a big fat stack of cash from the Saudis and there's, no there's no proper way to to explain that and he knows that it was uh it, it was wisely showed a lot of restraint and uh just a general like 
he's hoping for for apathy ultimately among the media and i think he's probably going to get it i think day by day we all grow a little more apathetic towards this thing um only real thing of note was that he said he hadn't talked to jay monahan since october um which is surprising a little bit i don't know exactly how true that is one or why he wanted to make sure that was a question he did answer but that was really the only the only headline made from it did you guys get any any different impression yeah i watched it i guess live and i was disappointed with the questions i thought a lot of the reporters were being too long-winded and i would have liked to see a few some some more direct questions one thing that jumped out to me was somebody asked what appeals to you about live golf that you weren't getting from the pga tour i thought that was a good question and he said he, he led it with obviously a massive financial incentive. So maybe I guess he addressing that it is about the money. Yeah. Uh, at least he led with that. And then, you know, more time. And it's similar to what DJ said last week. Uh, I basically signed up to play less golf for more money because I want to spend more time with my family, which seems to be as they get fried for these grow the game and all. Oh, they're, they're coming out with these, you know, awesome, neat new formats. It's really exciting for golf, which is obviously bullshit. It seems like that's a excuse or reason that we're going to hear a lot more of, right? And it seems like a, a one that's important to these guys. So I don't know if I buy it as a lifetime member of the tour. He could probably play as much or as little as he wanted to, but uh, I guess you pair that with getting two hundred million dollars. It's it's pretty uh, pretty hard to say no to. Yeah, I was unfortunately I was not able to watch it this morning. Some of us were, you know, had to keep the lights on. No, I'm just joking. So interesting perspective though. Listening to you guys, I just tried to Google the transcript of the press conference I, it's not available yet because i was going to do that control f for you solly he he did it, uh he didn't answer much uh it, it seems to me like he's been coached which which you, you can't expect no him i, to, I right? don't i, yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting him to but he does seem like he's been talking to some it, it, maybe he has some disaster pr folks helping him out or uh because you know it, it looked like he was in a deposition in a lot of ways um because he was very patient he took his time he, you know, he was he was very prepared. I felt like to to not answer anything. <laughs> I, I I will say I had a, a conversation, and I, I'm I don't want to spoil his uh, his take on this, but keep an eye on if Joel Beal writes an article about this. He had a very interesting outlook on why that may have been regarding him taking his time, and uh, so a little a little teaser for that. If he, by the time this goes up, it may he may have had it posted, or he may not do anything with it. But he had very interesting perspective as to why he, he had a, a particular approach to it. And I don't. I can't speak to that personally, but uh, yeah, that's a weird, a weird teaser for that. But just keep an eye on that. That'd, that'd be an interesting read if that's the case. So, all right, um, so let's get into some some favorites this week. I got a question for you, Sally. Did you see Rory walking around, and was he just pimp stepping from the locker room to the putting green to the range, just doing his Rory bounce after uh, after yesterday? Didn't get caught up, man. I spent a lot of time with Zinger today. We we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years, and man, it was fun to fun to bounce some thoughts off him. He did have some takes, I must say. A fun little nugget. We were talking about uh, like a very very off the record conversation, and all of a sudden there is a boom mic in our little circle of four people that were having a conversation, and we look over and the Netflix guys are filming the entire the entire thing, and asked us to sign some releases afterwards. Uh, which I think we may have to see what 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 actually what audio they caught there before we would release that combo for uh, uh, for, for the Netflix folks. Are but, you uh, you're getting hot mic? Well, it was like the, we kind of like po- called it out, and they're like, "Yeah, just we want to capture some conversation around the lift thing." And I think we had a conversation that we were comfortable having in public at that point, but um, it was just a fun little wrinkle and reminder of like, "Oh yeah, this is all getting documented along the way, and this is going to be a huge part of this, uh, that is this Netflix series of." 
yeah, it, it, of all of all years for this to happen, it's pretty remarkable. Um, so no, didn't see Rory. Long way of long way away of saying I did not see Rory out there. But um, I, yeah, plus one thousand, the favorite. Plus one thousand, the favorite. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Do you think he's the favorite? Do you think that's or is that just recency bias right now? He's played a lot of great golf um, over the past three and six months. He's obviously coming off a win. I said this last time. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss the Roy comeback. Whenever he does come win one of these things, I won't be there to pick it. I'm gonna let the fifth one be. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna try to guess when it's gonna be. I'll, I'll come in. I'll ride. Get back on the bandwagon after that. There's just been. Uh, it might be Thursday night when I get back on the bandwagon, but there's just been been too much heartbreak and 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 some scar tissue from the very last one. Uh, which Randy, you are free to free to come in and dunk. No. dunk hath he risen, like Randy? Hath, hath he risen? No, 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 no. Uh, it's going to take a major win. I I just don't want to see you, you know, if he plays well Thursday, let's just exercise some caution. Let's, let's learn from the PGA. Uh, let's approach this with, with extreme caution this week. So the top four, we've got Rory at, uh, at plus 1000. We've got Rom at plus 1200. We've got JT at plus twelve hundred, and we've got the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, at plus fourteen hundred. Do you think that is a stern but fair top four? Do you think those odds are right, or would you rework that list at all? Seems right to me. I mean, it seems like, uh, yeah, Xander sitting there at plus sixteen hundred. I know that was not in your question. That seems a little. I, I wouldn't have him fifth. I just would not have him as the as the fifth most likely person to. Well, the to stat win this everybody's been tossing around is that he's top ten five times in a row in uh in u.s opens the last five years so you know i think the uh the stats are on his on his side on that one i guess and i think he leads everyone in strokes gained over that time period in the u.s open as well or something something crazy like that so as a as a data guy solid the numbers don't lie right well i i think it's is amazing to think about we're only in june and what we've seen so far from someone that has not been a topic of this conversation yet as we're you know 30 plus minutes into recording this uh, in a major championship, a guy that has won a major championship this year and won like 18 other times this year, uh, and almost just and just lost in a playoff uh, in his most recent start at the Schwab. Scotty Scheffler is one fourth on this list, which still kind of amazes me. It feels like he should be about plus 800 and not plus 1400. And uh, just how much it's like the the rest of the conversation around golf has just dwarfed, you know, you know what what else is going on. And sure. I know. JT had the recent win and obviously was was really close at Canada is has been top of mind but um, it just seems like it's a little quiet around Scotty and a little quiet around Rom coming into this week to be honest and uh, I, I I I I tend not to pick the you know the favorites in my actual picks but man if I had if you put a gun to my head and said who's gonna who's gonna win this week I would pick Scotty Scheffler yeah I'm right there wow. with you I I feel like I've got him too you know and then JT and then Rom even though Rom's kind of defending I, it just doesn't feel uh I don't know they, those guys just feel a lot hotter than him and like four wins and the masters like god we're forgetting things quickly here guys like that's crazy that you can get him below those other guys on the odds from there Xander plus 1600 Cantlay plus 2000 Cam Smith plus 2200 which feels like yeah, Cantlay feels a little bit maybe out of place there as well Cam Smith feels you know, you, in the right spot. Do you want to take him now, Randy, for who won't win? Do you want to throw Cantley in? Uh, yeah, I think Cantley's a good, a safe bet not to win. I hate saying that. You know, I ride for my. I know. My I, I heard you kind of double clutch. That, uh, that took a lot. I hate. I that. but I, if I'm being uh, you know honest. I, I don't. I don't see it. Like I would like to pick Cantley this week, but I don't really like those odds. I don't feel like he he deserves them. 
feel like he should be down this list farther. Don't like the number. Of course, of course. I think, uh, you know, the the list that going back to Scheffler, it's a very small list of guys that have won the Masters in the U.S. Open in the same year. Traditionally, that had always been the first two majors of the year, right? Trying to get to halfway to the Grand Slam. I, I, I don't know. I, you guys know where I stand on Scheffler. I, I think he's good, but I, I I just, there's something. I mean, I, I do come back to the eye to I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily trust him yet, or I don't see him <laughs> in the same cat. Like, I think JT deserves to be one of the two favorites. Obviously, Rory's a big name coming off a great week last week. No surprise there. Uh, very comfortable with Rory and JT being, you know, kind of the the two favorites. I like Scotty I, around wow. this track. I feel like he's he chips it really well. I feel like he's he's uh I don't know. I think he could he could play well. I mean, Rory this is he's the favorite, but he you know, this is kind of a, a grinder's course. Like I don't know if it really sets up for him, but he's one of those like microwave men and I it's hard to deny like he's coming off so much momentum. That's why I was asking if he was pimp stepping around the property because if he is, look out. You know, it's it's uh, he's tough to beat when he's feeling it. No, I think my favorite, and in terms of value, certainly is that group at thirty to one, where you start talking about Morikawa, Zalatoris, Burns, Fitzpatrick. I, I think those four guys specifically are extremely interesting. I am going to join you in that, in that the like we we close the PGA Championship show saying like. Uh, or we closed the PGA championship in general saying like Zalatoris needs to lead the conversation for the next major. He has been an incredible major championship contender so far at this point of his career. He elevates when the golf gets harder, he plays better. He is not, you know, I, I think it's this point. It's kind of you know, the fact that he hasn't won a PGA tour event is a little bit of a stain on him, but like he has played well in almost all of these. I think he's had one bad run in a major and he should be, I said this, he should be in your picks. When we get there, and sure enough, he pops up at, at plus 3,000. I was stunned to see that. I'd have thought he'd have been plus 2,000. I think that is that one's the one that's jumping off the page at me, and I think I think it's going to be a popular pick when we do get to our picks. Yeah. And, you- and then the only other – sorry, the only other one is what's the word on Kepka? Because that's a guy at 40 to 1. I know he's hurt, and nobody quite knows where his mind is at any time, but – God, that seems well, like – he's fresh off a wedding. He's got some, some perspective, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I mean that's the other he's one. He's a new I'm like, man. Damn. Yeah, he's been off he, the grid uh, for a while. My thing with Kepka, whenever he does any kind of like you know media of any kind, you know, not the super serious like press conference media, but he always just has to let you know how much he's been partying, or like he always has to sneak in like you know unless I'm having a beer with the boys, right? Or like yeah, I just got more time to like you know have some beers, whatever. I saw him walk by and uh, he just got married, so look, it's understandable. But somebody's like. Uh, said something to like, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm still hungover or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like, yeah, I don't practice. Kinda, what are you talking about, man? He was in character. I'm like, yeah, I've been partying a lot. Like, wedding was a big deal. So uh, that was funny. You know, you know, I picked him for something at the PGA. I forget what it was. And I got burned a little bit because it's been like the, man, nobody's talking about him coming into this. But uh, I really, if it wasn't for coming off the wedding, I may may think a little bit differently about his, his chances. But He's not gonna not gonna be my pick. Spoiler alert, not gonna be there. How about he, Lowry? Uh, are you are you gonna forsake your boy Lowry for, for Zalatoris no, this week? Not at all. Do you want to just get into picks? Is it is it time as we get as we get to this part of the board? Yeah, let's do it. I think well, before we go to right. our picks, let's do our let's do our favorite activity. Who's your pick not to win? 
I'm I'm starting to feel a little more like like Big Randy in these oh, situations. And I I'm love like, it, Solid I might, God. Take, I might take a couple. I'll take Cantlay too. Like he he's not going to win. Not going to win the U.S. Open. I'll take Rom. Um, also, not, I took Rom for the PGA. I don't think Rom's going to win here. Okay, agree with both. I'm going to take Xander both too. of those guys. Take Xander too. Xander too. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anyone else big? Oh, yeah. I mean, how much time do we have? But you, you I mean, let's just the the guys thirty and thirty to one to better. I mean. This is going to be the one if it's going to burn me. But Cam Smith, he, um, he, I, not I, playing great. No, yeah, and I can't struggling. quite figure out. He goes between like looking absolutely like the best player on the planet to not follow like round to round. He, I, I just in these huge moments, I, I'm not counting the players. I'm, I'm speaking specifically actual majors. I, I just. I don't feel great about him over four consecutive rounds. So I'll throw Cam Smith in there. I love Cantlay, Shoffley. I'll take Scheffler and Rom. So I give me those five guys. And wherever Big Tone is, is he even playing this week? Did he make it? Uh, oh, God. He's just playing the hits. Play the hits, so, Randy. I'll no, say, I want to say something on Cam. On Cam yeah, go ahead. I'll let, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, dude, it, it's the conclusion I've reached, I think he's uh, recklessly aggressive. Yeah. I think he and I don't think that bodes great for a US open setting. Now listen, these guys are incredibly good at, you know, getting dialed into a golf course, knowing what they can and can't get away with. But it felt like he kind of felt like he's in God mode and going after every pin and just making so many big numbers. And, you know, I I go back to Augusta. He made like eight birdies in round one, but made two doubles with it. Like like to your point, seventy two holes just doesn't it doesn't seem like he's ready to last seventy two holes in, in some of these some God, of these bigger I, tournaments. I, Neil, what I were you gonna say? Totally echo that. I was going to say something similar. I spent like 30 minutes talking myself into him and out of him this morning to pick him because it's like, on the one hand, it's like, oh man, he chips it so well. And in a turn, in a, at a place where doubles are going to happen, like I want a guy that he just no sweat onto the next. I'm going to birdie three in a row. Like nobody does that better than Cam does. But I just feel like when you're talking about the driving accuracy and how important it is to hit the fairway, I feel like he gets a little squirrely off the tee with driver. And then he hits his irons, great. But sometimes that driver just seems to get away from him, and he's too aggressive with it. And then he just asked way too much of his short game, like which is what happened at Memorial. And then he, you know, he goes out and shoots like seventy eight on on Sunday, which is just like, damn, that that was tough to see. Like that was, I hate that he put that on film. You know what I mean? It's like getting yeah. beat deep at D back. It's like, man, they're gonna be going after you now every game. You put that on film. You can't do that. You know. Now we know. You know, you cannot get beat on play action like that. It's not good. So it's sneaky too with Cam. The very first U.S. Open he played in was Chambers Bay back in 2015, and uh, tied for fourth. Outside of that, really, where he's made all of his hay in in the majors has been at the Masters. He 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 does not have another top ten in the U.S. Open Open Championship or PGA Championship outside of that first one at Chambers. So I, I think to both of your guys' points, I it's. Absolutely what I'm feeling, and he can certainly change that. I, I don't think that needs to be who he is forever, but uh, at, at this moment, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a guy that's going to string four days together to me. So a couple housekeeping notes. One, DJ is ha, has won this leg of the pouch. Congratulations to DJ. We, he will be paying off his pouch next week. So this starts a new leg of the pouch heading into the Open Championship. And another wrinkle here, I mean, we are all trying to catch TC, so you almost have to factor that into your strategy of like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, I know TC loves Zalator, so I don't really want to pick him. It's just like, it makes it even harder, you know, to come up with my picks week to week. Are you guys feeling that at all? Or are you just playing your own game, not worrying about TC's vision fund or any of that stuff? 
I think it's kind of like a Buffett strategy of like, you can see where he's dabbling and if he's dabbling there, like go hard on it. Right. Sure. So even if he wins, you know, he's losing ground to you, I think, but also don't take anything I have to say. I've been, I'm off on every week this, this year. Well, he's also in like Vegas Dave mode where he's only picking winners, whales only, you know, he's, how does he do it? Like he, cause he's so, he's up so much. He doesn't care about, you know, coming back 200 bucks this week. Although Randy, I mean, you owe him. You, you're now up in second place due to the TC Vision Fund and shared prosperity. Care to comment on that? Do, do you feel good about that? Does that feel like blood money at all? No, no. For people all. that are just listening to the podcast, explain explain what that means. <laughs> well, so during last week's picks before the Canadian Open and others, we allowed TC to make one pick for all of us. And I would like to specifically address your point, Neil. Uh, TC's pick for me was Lynn Grant to win the Scandinavian mixed masters over in sweden which of course she did and uh i would like to tell you that i had that pick on my own as well so what tc's pick i i used that information and i just doubled my bet so half of my winnings were were all me and then you know tc's shared prosperity allowed me to double that up so i, I feel very good about it thank you very much i appreciate you setting the record straight so we want to get into it i think uh i was just trying to look up the, the we... standings yeah, had. why don't we uh, why don't we send it to TC and to DJ who could not be with us on this preview pod uh, for their picks, and then uh, we'll come back and make ours in the back half. All right, TC, check it in from North End out here in Boston. About to get a little Italian dinner this evening. Guys are at the course doing their scouting. They got to put in the work. Uh, I've been deep in my models for weeks. First of all, I want to address last week. We got close. Uh, the big tone, you know, solo second. I don't think we're cooling off. I think we're just, uh, you know, we're just re recharging, reloading a little bit here. Just be sure to birdie that par five, 15th. We did get the Lynn Grant play, shared prosperity. I shared that one with Randy. Nice outright winner play there. You know, felt bad taking that for myself. And then of course, you know, the, the, the PWD, we can't have that. Uh, we got to change these rules. They've, they've disallowed my Jerry Kelly play, he tied for third. Um, so, you know, pretty good shape. Overall, not worried at all about last week. We're going iron players only this week. A lot of different directions we were looking. We were looking at Cameron Young. We were looking at Billy Ho, P, Shane Lowry, things of that nature. But iron players only, flushers. Uh, Max is one of those. We're not going with Max this week. First and foremost, Tommy Fleetwood to win, plus 6,500, 100 nugs. Put my money where my mouth is. I think he gets his first major this week. Mark it down. Tail it. Do whatever you need to do. Next up, we've got Jordan Spieth, 50 nugs. He's like somewhere around like 26 to one or 30 to one, but 50 nugs on that. Go Morikawa to win. Uh, I think he's 3,000 plus 3,000, so 30 to one there. We'll go 20 nugs on that. We'll go uh, 20 nugs on Zalatoris to win, and then we'll go 10 nugs on JT and the McRib. Uh, either or, we'll go 10, just 10 nugs there, just a little sprinkle there just to ensure we have the uh, the outright favorites covered. No Rom, I, I'm not, I don't mean to offend the guy. I've not pledged my fealty to him, but yeah, just, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this US Open. I think this is this is the most I've looked forward to a US Open in, in three or four years. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. A lot of storylines out there with all the Liz stuff, but I'm excited to watch some golf and really get after it on the betting front. So cleaning up at DFS too. So don't just apply these to, uh, you know, your gambling plays, apply them to DFS as well. So uh, good luck, everybody. TC out. 
shared prosperity, inclusive business model, vision 2030. See you out there. Hello folks, DJ Pai here on location in Boston, the home of amateur golf, as my associate Cody tells me. Are we going with an amateur this week? No, we're not going with an amateur this week. Uh, we're, we're just thousands and thousands and thousands of nuggets down at this point. We have to make a big play. We don't really, you know, it doesn't behoove us to kind of dink and dunk and try to, try to, you know, chip away for the next eight weeks. We need to take big swings. Uh, who do I think is going to win this week? Rory McIlroy is who I think is going to win this week. However, he's only 10 to 1, and, and that's just not going to be a big enough swing for us. So uh, while I, I would love Rory to win, and I think he's going to win, we're going with Will Zalatoris at 30 to 1, plus 3,000. The guy, all he does is play well in majors and hit greens, uh, both of which we're going we're gonna to cross our fingers for this week. Uh, my hope is by not picking Rory, we're going to see Rory win. Uh, and, you know, if Rory doesn't win, I think Zalatoris is going to win. So uh, that's my process. <laughs> you follow that at your own... Uh, you know, at your own peril. And that's all I got for you. Fingers crossed for a better week, man. Cheers. Yeah, just uh, th thank you to both of those guys. Um, I mean, good stuff as true, always. True gentlemen. True, true gentlemen. TC, for the record, is up $3,483.54 on the year. And DJ is in uh, last place with negative uh, 1,339 nuggies. Um, Solly, why don't you, why don't you, uh, Take take over here and, and give us your picks. We are going to be uh, covering off on unfortunately a few of the same bases as TC. We're trying to try not to do that too much, but um, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, my nugs where my mouth is in terms of calling the Zalatoris thing plus three thousand eighty nuggets to win the United States Open Championship. Of course, we get two hundred nuggets uh, in this week, usually our usual hundred. Spieth, I couldn't resist it. Greller got to me today. He said they hit four bags of balls on the range today, and it was an absolute stripe show. That's all I needed. It's all the convincing. He's, are you I saying needed. he's flushing it? He is flushing it. Plus twenty eight hundred to win uh, the U.S. Open. Twenty nugs on that. Cameron Young, haven't forgotten about you, bud. I think at plus five thousand, those are still really good sneaky odds uh, for him to win uh, this week. Thirty nuggets on that one. Shane Lowry jumping off the page still in strokes gained. Plus thirty five hundred. 30 nuggets on that one. Uh, and then lastly, man, I, I did not want to do the Matthew Fitzpatrick thing because of it was going to be too easy of a storyline. He's been playing really good golf. He's coming back to the site of his USAM win. It's all going to get factored too much into the odds. Plus 3,000 is still seems like really good value for him. And I know he hasn't won, you know, on the PGA Tour or against this crop of players uh, before, but 40 nuggets on him to win. Uh, one of those five guys could win the U.S. Open. I feel pretty good about having having uh, having that covered. So, Randy, what do you got? Thank you, Solly. I have five plays, five of them this week, Neil. I love it. Uh, th they're all going to be 40 nuggies. I we have love four, it. We have four winner picks, and then we have a parlay. Let's start with the winners. Uh, have some crossover with my guy Solly here. First one at 2,800, plus 2,800, Mr. Jordan Speed. Listen, just would – you confirming that he's flushing the ball gives me great joy. I think he's a winner. I think he's a, a grinder. I think he's a battler. Can't wait to watch him compete this week. Next up at plus 3,000, we've talked about him. Will Zalatoris, he, he's going to win. He's going to win a lot. Uh, don't want to miss out. Could be this week. I am going to take Ketka to win at plus 4,000. I just I, I like the odds too much. You know, Neil, you mentioned Xander's US Open record. I mean, going back to 2014 with Kepka at the US Open, 
His worst finish, his worst finish is tied for 18th. He's got obviously a couple wins in there as well. Uh, three other top fives. It just he he just seems to thrive on these types of setups. So excited about that value. And then the other guy, we we mentioned him in our recap pod on Sunday night. When he gets hot, he starts rolling downhill. I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh. take a, a flyer on Billy Horschel at plus 5,500. I like that. Um, Love that. Looked at that. Yeah, I I just I'm I'm banking on him. You know, he's playing good golf. Just four days, man, and and you become a major champion. So those are the four winners' plays, and then I have a, a three pick parlay of tournament trio groups, guys that I've picked elsewhere. Billy Horschel to win his trio. Uh, I'm going to take Matt Fitzpatrick to win his, and Will Zal Torres. Those parlay odds are plus. 1,829, so 40 nuggies on there. God, I love this. Randy is in second place with negative uh, 166.56 nuggies. Solly, Randy, TC, DJ, everybody's swinging for the fences. This is great stuff. I'm in third currently. I've got pouch protection. I love where I'm sitting, guys. So let me take you down my picks. The Beluga, uh, he's just, you know, splish-splashing around out there in the Atlantic. Just doing, just having a good old time. I'm going with Cameron Young. Plus 3,000, though. He's a winner without, and I've got a couple of these picks. Mm. Winner without Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and Xander Shoffley. Plus 3,000, 40 nuggies. Randy, how many? How much do you think I'm betting on each of my five plays? I would say if you got five, I'm, I'm guessing you got 40 nuggies That's on That's exactly each. right. We're keeping it simple this week. Uh, so I'm going to ride with you on Shane Lowry, but I'm going top five. I don't think he wins, but I think he continues to just to just plot. He's a, Clyde, a Clydesdale, man. He's just going to be in that top five, plus 740 nuggies there. I've got Matthew Fitzpatrick as a winner without Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and Xander Shoffley, plus 1,800 for 40 nuggies there. And then I have uh, a, a double winner or, or two for one, Scotty Scheffler or Xander Shoffley to win. I couldn't really make up my mind on either of them. So that's a plus 700 play for either of those guys. Uh, 40 Nuggies there, and then my favorite one, just just one I can't wait to root for, Rory McIlroy, end of round one leader, plus 2,000. I hope he's pimp-stepping all over the place on Thursday, comes in hot. I don't know if he can hang on for four days, but I could see him coming out and just picking up where he left off on Sunday. So 40 Nuggies there, and that's that's what I got. I'm excited to uh, – I'm excited to I, – I, you know, it's Monday. I wish it was – you know freaking thursday morning tomorrow I'm, I'm i'm fired up to watch some u.s open golf I, I i sent a call out for questions and we didn't have a lot of time to get to one of them, but i do want to get to will johnson 15's question 15 uh his question is which player will be the president of butthurt nation about the course setup and conditions oh that's a, such a good question good I, I i know who my answer is but i think one of you is going to say the same exact one so uh, hmm. no i uh, i i've got to think i, I was on I, maybe billy ho Honestly, I could well, see I say, it's one of your boys, not one of your picks, Neil, but it's one of your boys. Chez? I don't he's think Chez is playing. He's not a knight. He's a lord. Oh, Lord Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell Hatton. What have they done here? I feel like he's upset every week, though, isn't he? Yeah. No, he probably will be. That makes him the most likely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I could see a guy like Rom getting upset. You know, he's not. he hasn't been playing the greatest. He's trying to defend. He might want to blow off some steam at some point well i mean all, or I, some of these you know maybe these uh these live guys the, the heels you know they feel like maybe they they got a bad draw 
and then they they're getting booed and heckled. You know, a lot of that stuff starts to mm. add up a little bit when the mass holes start jumping on you. Then it's like, well, you know, everybody's against me. The USGA, this is bullshit. I think it's got to be one of those guys. I, I think I think I think guys complaining about crowd treatment is way more interesting than guys potentially complaining about the course setup. Yeah, do you think we're gonna have some some heckling issues out there, Solly? Any like what did you get a sense of from from fans out there? I know you're inside the ropes and stuff as an insider, but <laughs> you know, did you get a sense anybody anybody heckling you out there? Any of the bots oh, come yeah, out for sure. calling oh, yeah, you for a dick sure. rider? A lot of heckling. Hey Solly, what's <laughs> yeah. up, dick rider? <laughs> Got a lot of that out there. Um I don't know if we're gonna get heckling. I I, I, I kind of talked to a couple people about that. It kind of felt like it was just gonna kind of be a one of those things that people forget about, or I don't know. I don't think it's going to be booing. I, I definitely don't think there's going to be booing. Maybe a few jabs thrown at guys, but I don't think it's anything that's going to really stick out on the telecast or, or anything like that. So, which is which is also um, interesting. If that's, I mean, do because okay, when PGA Tour class acts, those guys are getting they're getting tossed immediately, right? Because but now is like, is it open season? Because they got no backup, right? I was just getting ready to ask the same thing. How the how the USGA is will will handle any of this, whether they'll have quick triggers to to kick guys out. It, that's actually now that I think about it, and I'm talking about it, that that might be the most fascinating thing I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out this weekend. And, and I hope they do take some heat, you, right? Like it, it's it's yeah. it, that's what that's what the money's for, boys. You know, like well, that's what the money's for. Exactly. And these guys talk about wanting to be athletes, and we're athletes, and you know, you know what athletes get heckled and booed in in every other sport and, so and Mickelson, I, I think you guys could take a little bit he's too talking in his presser about oh I re- everybody's respect that everybody can respectfully have the the respectful opinion you know and they're entitled to to that and i respect that well then you know you better respect a few fuck yous out there probably <laughs> i love it well if you're watching this on the video please head over to our podcast feed uh for the next part of this which will be an interview with max homa and if you're on the podcast feed you're in the right place because here is max homa let's enjoy the week we'll be back with live shows every night this week just like we always are for major championship weeks and i cannot wait to hear randy get mad on thursday so thank you boys we'll see you soon cheers see ya all right we just stepped off brookline back nine What's your immediate reaction? Uh, more scorable than I thought. Uh, I, unfortunately, I have horrible memories of this joint. I played so bad in the USAM. And I started you, on 10. Why are you 10. bringing that with you? Well, it, I do it every week, and I realize how much better I am at golf now because I always look at fairways, and I think to myself, like, man, that felt a lot smaller, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, but, no, it, I just I actually remember, and Taylor did too, the uh, rough felt a lot I feel like it was thicker last time we were here, or at least it wasn't graduated. Um, so I feel like it's fairly scorable. We're going to get good weather. The greens are soft as of now. Um, you know, I actually like it. It feels like a, it's going to be a good test. I think it's going to be a separator. I don't think it's going to be like an Oakmont where it's a bloodbath, which I, I think is, you know, best case scenario typically for, for the US Open. Yeah, it's not going to be uh, mayhem in terms of scoring. It might be low. It could be, I guess, will it be low? I, I think you could, this feels like one of those weeks you could see somebody getting hot and, and running a little bit. Um, not saying that will happen, but you could see it kind of like a congressional in the sense that if you hit really good shots over and over again out here, there's, it's not like there's a, some crazy defense where you can't get it close to the hole. They do a great job of offering that. The thing is, is if you're not close to the hole, the putts are really tricky. So it's, that's going to be uh, a big defense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could see scores being somewhat low. I think we'll still have a, a general U.S. Open feel. It doesn't feel like 5-6 over is going to win, but it'll be windy enough from what, what we can tell from the forecast. And the green should dry out. And we got a bunch of rain last night, so I'm kind of seeing the easiest this will probably play. But yeah, it, it feels like one of those where, like like I said, if you hit good shots, you're, you're it's not 
crazy impossible. It's just going to be, it, it should really reward birdies and I think it's going to. It felt like there was at least a little bit of shock and chips from bad spots or putts from, from certain spots from your guys, watching your guys group react to some of the spots you were hitting it in and the, the flops that were required for it. A little bit of, a little bit of holy shits in there. Yeah, holy shits, I think it dropped a holy fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's, I actually was surprised the rough around the greens isn't that hard to chip out of, um, but if you're in the wrong spots, there's pretty much nothing you can do. Uh, just with how severe the slopes are on some of the greens, obviously mo usually long, old school golf courses like this usually long is bad greens are pitched very back to front so if you're short you could figure it out you know if you can you know get good at the lies and and, and manage that um but yeah i mean I, there was a spot long of 12 that i mean my ball was rolling you know 30 40 feet uh on a little like ploppy flop shot so uh there, it's gonna be i think a, a a good test in that you have to think your way around when you're out of position you're gonna really not be able to be a couple places especially as it speeds up and I think that's good because I think if you hit an okay shot that misses the green, but it goes into a spot that is pitching back uphill, I feel like if you hit a great shot there, you could get one close. But if you hit a dumb shot, try to be a hero, hit it over the green, you should you should probably have 20, 30 feet for, for par. I'm always hesitant to, to you know have this take prior to the scoring starting, but you know it feels like that there's enough emphasis on, emphasis on hitting the fairway that it's not bomb and gouge out here. I didn't see you guys reaching for driver on every hole. I think there's four drivers on the back nine you hit today. It, it just feels like there actually is a little bit of precision required because the greens are guarded, because they're firm, because they're smaller. It's not like a wing foot where you can bomb it into the rough and then pitch on, run up a shot. Is that fair? Yeah, totally fair. You can't you can't run it up to the front of the greens except except on a couple holes that you wouldn't really, you know, that wouldn't even be a play anyways. I think you could still see somebody try to go around this place with a ton of drivers um, and, and, and hope for good lies. Uh, you know, that's a thought. But yeah, if you're, if you're dead in the rough, there's not very many places. 18's a perfect example where we are right now. Like you're just gonna hopefully get it to the bunker. Um, so I think that'll be, a, that'll be cool because I, I, the bomb and gouge thing is, is probably a little overplayed and overstated, but there are times like Wingfoot definitely felt like that. They were so narrow, it was so hard to actually hit the fairway that like it would just be better to be further right. up. I you know if you, even if you drove it okay, you're only going to hit one or two more fairways than the average uh, than the the uh, you know median. So if you're way up there, it would be it would be a huge help. I do think there's going to be. This course does a good job on a couple holes of really making you turn the golf ball and big trees. So you'll probably see a couple guys, um, you know, I'm sure Bryson can hit it over the trees, like height wise, but it's going to be going to a really, really narrow spot. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a huge advantage, but um, I think that this course does do a good job of that. It, it, it requires fairways, it feels like so far. What are the, a lot of blind shots on that back nine. There's a couple even on the front nine too. Does that have an effect on a professional golfer? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's funny. I had conversations with a couple of my friends and we talk about architects uh, and I'm not some architect buff, but- You're learning. I'm learning. I am and I'm interested in it. But what we kind of joke about and kind of realize is Pete Dye gets, uh, used to be like everyone's, like everyone didn't like it, his golf courses because they were too demanding. And now he seems like the only guy whose courses stand up to the play that's going on the scoring. So, and the, and the reason I say that is because I think he messes with your eyes. So I think when you make blind golf shots, like at this golf course, obviously not the same design pattern, but when you have blind golf shots, it puts uncertainty. And even like 15, I don't think 15 is that hard of a tee shot, but you can't see an inch of the fairway and you're just aiming at a grandstand. And I, it's not a hard tee shot, it's actually quite wide, but it just messes with your head a little bit. So I think that that will be, 
one of those intangible tests. I, I, you know, I have a great caddy. He already walked it all yesterday, and he has some great lines for shots. I think that's a big advantage, uh, and and I think that's a good thing. Like I like I like that. Uh, you know, every caddy can go out here, and every player can go out here and walk as much as they want, and and try to get all those sight lines ready. So, um, you know, I think that that'll be another part of the tournament that I feel like you know whoever wins on Sunday is going to mention something about it. It's almost like if you, it feels like if you are mentally tough enough to you know not let those things bother you you almost want more of those things that the people that aren't able to handle that those variables are the kind of the people that jack nichols used to talk about of like oh well he won't win yeah that's a great point yeah if you get frustrated by the fact that you can't see a lot of these shots um, you're immediately kind of behind the eight ball just in your own head um, you're going to probably hit a couple shots that you think are all right and there will be four or five steps left of what you thought it would be by the green and around these greens, whether you're on them or around them, you know, that's going to matter. So it could, it could get frustrating, but you know, I imagine by the time Thursday starts, everyone's going to know what good is, but yeah, it's tricky. I think that's cool. I mean, it's an old school golf course. It's not, you know, if it wasn't for the thick rough, this wouldn't be the most demanding golf course on planet earth, but the way the USGA can set it up, uh, the way the rough will be, and just a little bit of like mind games kind of, I think that's, that's what this championship should be in my opinion. And I think this is going to do a really good job of that. Southern Hills was your best major finish to date. Did it feel like you turned a corner in major championships? That was kind of, you've had incredible success on the PGA Tour. We've been giving you a lot of shit for your major championship record. Yeah. Did it feel like, what was different about that week? And do you really honestly feel like you've turned the corner? It felt like that watching on TV. Yeah, I actually, um, it's funny how things work, but like when you win your first PGA Tour event, um, you realize you don't need to be as perfect as you thought you had to be. Uh, and I think that was a big moment when I won it uh, in 19. I was like, okay, I don't need to, like, everything does not need to be firing on all cylinders. I don't need to be perfect. I can win golf tournaments kind of whenever it just seems to click when I play. And that was a big deal. And then I actually learned a lot at Augusta this year. Um, I played Saturday and it was really, really hard. We were off early and it was blowing and it was freezing. And I played with Tommy Fleetwood and he played awesome. And we're through like 16 holes. I just birdied 16 and he's maybe one under and I'm like two two or three over. And all day I was just like kind of bitching and moaning about, man, I'm just like not playing good and I'm just not putting it together or whatever. And I claw my way back to two over and I finished double bogey bogey shoot, uh, whatever that is, five. And at the end of the day, two over was a fine score on Saturday. It wasn't gonna move me way up the board. It wasn't like I was gonna have a chance to win, but it was a fine score. I would have moved up the leaderboard. And I just realized that these majors for me, I'm putting, not putting so much pressure on myself. I just think I need to play so well to hang. And it's just the same golf. And I thought I went out at Southern Hills and I did not play by any means my best golf. And I was at one point on the back nine, if I birdie, you know, 13, in which obviously is a big stretch but i had a chance to like i would have gotten into a playoff and that's that's what i learned i was like you can go uh, i can play my game and, and manage so i did feel like it was a turning point but i was a big learning curve from that masters just realizing you know the, the majors are just so much harder you're so used to scores at a tour event going further under par right. and majors tend to fall back and i just have not grasped that yet <laughs> but it was nice to see that in person and and understand that i play well i played some good golf but it wasn't like i, I felt like the game was perfect and i got 13th it felt like i left a lot out there on a couple days and uh you know i battled allergies the first day like a true warrior uh but just like so little brave. stuff like that yeah very brave but just little stuff like that so yeah it did feel like that was a nice one because i was like there's no reason i shouldn't play good on this golf course it suited me as as well as it could so uh, hopefully uh, kind of put that behind me a little bit and keep taking that experience uh, to, to like the U.S. Open and the, the British Open. That's the thing is, like you, you know, you can get away with a bad-ish round in a major championship, yeah. it feels like, because you can shoot a 68 and 
rocket up the leaderboard. Yeah, if I would have turned that that round, I turned into five over and kept it at two. Yeah. And I shoot 68 the next day. I mean, it's a, I don't know what I finished, but it would have been a great right. finish. And now all of a sudden, Sunday, I have to shoot eight under at Augusta National. You know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So uh, that, that was not happening on that Sunday. So that that's the stuff. Like, yeah, you can get away with some, not get away with, if you hold together bad rounds and turn them into two over, those are good rounds in a major. And it just, grasping that is tricky. What do you think is the, re the reception, the guys that played in last week's live event, what do you think the reception is going to be like among the fans with them here? Not great. Um, Boston fans are, have never been known to be uh, super cheerful. Uh, they are, you know, I, I went to a, a Red Sox game years ago in 13 when I played here, and it was amazing how knowledgeable the fans were about like the most intricate things about the, there was a Yankees game, it happened to be a Yankees game, and they just knew everything. And it was interesting. I mean, they were ruthless. Uh, but they were so knowledgeable and I feel like a lot of the people out here will know kind of what's going on that there's a lot of tension I guess you could say between the PGA Tour and then this live tour so um, I think there's going to be some heckling but at the same time like it, that's I, I've never found heckling bad for the sport as long as it's not mean uh, like actually mean I think it'll be all right so it's just going to be it'll be an interesting week uh, this media stuff is going to be entertaining for uh, for me personally this is very entertaining like I've been enjoying this <laughs> What is the reception, you know, in the locker room, the general consensus among, you know, this may in the future be one of the few events we kind of we see PGA Tour and Live players playing on this, you know, together again. Do you get a sense of, you know, any hurt feelings amongst PGA Tour players? I, that could either be for you personally or for other players. Yeah, I think it totally depends. I, I, I know some guys are pissed. Some guys don't care. I'm right in the middle. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm uh, just upset. I'm like, you know, play with Taylor today. I play practice on them every week. And like, I'm only going to end up, if, if this all goes to how the PJ Tour sees it going, which who knows, but if that goes that way, I'm only going to see him a few times a year. Now he can afford to fly me privately to his house now. Can't take from, that flight. Uh, from, uh, <laughs> you can't do that. From Cal or from Arizona. Then you're a uh, <laughs> hypocrite. But no, it, uh, it, it's one of those, it's one of those things like it, everyone has a choice and they can all go play wherever they want in my opinion like it, you know even if the PJ tour decides not to let them play like they're still allowed to go play this other tour and that's fine and I'm happy for Taylor like he, he he's you know it's it's on him and and like it doesn't it doesn't make me mad that he's playing a different tour it just makes me sad I'm not gonna get to play with him as much but I'm still gonna talk to him a bunch and maybe it'll make it fun when I see him out here uh, you know at majors if this is how the only time I'll end up playing with him um, but yeah I think some guys are, are frustrated I think honestly like personally the things I've been the most frustrated with is just what people have said in the media like some of the other players like the interviews like I've just been a, like just tell me what you're actually doing this for and like, I, I, I will respect that answer. We don't all always have to agree. I thought J Justin Thomas said it great. Like, this world now is if you don't agree with me, you're dead to me. Like, I don't believe in that either. I, I think everybody, I'm going to respect you if you keep doing things that would make me respect you. And um, some of the guys have come out and said great stuff about, or at least the, the, what seems like the truth about what they're doing. And then some guys have come out and, like, said they were growing the game. And that, that's that's just <laughs> not true. So, uh, like, I, I, I think that's, for me, I'm picking, I'm, I'm going you know, kind of piece by piece on who has like said the stuff I think is like honest. And those will be the people I like end up respecting. But to be fair out here, what I've realized is like, we don't have a ton of friends that are like friends if we didn't play golf. I have, you know, a couple out here and like that, that changes stuff. If I never see certain guys ever again, it's not like it's going to change my life. Yeah. Um, but there are, there's some that it would be like a bummer just not to get to play golf with them all the time.
that's hard because it's like the, the whole kind of catch with you know you would lo you want them to say they're doing it for the money, but the catch is like no, no, you kind of have to say to, you yeah. have to say some nice things about. But you've seen people tiptoe around it. it, even even in the the I'm talking about the media before they went. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go because it's growing the game. Like, okay, but yeah. that one's that one's hard for me to. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't buy that. I don't think that it's shrinking the game by any means, but I don't think that it's growing it. That's not. Careful, so Brady's going to be tough. jumping on board. Yes. If that, if that I thought he already did. My mom actually sneaky fell for that. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> so I was embarrassed. Do you think you can win on this golf course? Yeah, I def this, this is actually a really good setup for me. The way I've driven the ball, fairways are going to matter. I hope it gets firmer. I think that would help. I could win on this golf course. It, it's, a, it's a big big piece of property, big golf course, not super narrow fairways, but long enough, narrow enough. I, I think that it's a feels a lot like one of those, you know, Quail Hollow, TPC Potomac type golf courses, uh, just the visual of it. So I, I for, for US Opens, if you drive the ball really well, like obviously you have a big advantage and that's been the strength so far this season. So I, I wouldn't, I don't think there would be a golf course US Open style that would, I wouldn't feel pretty good about, but US Open's tough, man. You get out there and you make a couple of bad decisions, real quick it goes. So uh, hopefully we, you know, keep my head on in the right place. Uh, that'll be, the, I think, the biggest test uh, for everybody. Is there still any, like, holy shit, this is the US Open feeling that you get, or is it, does this feel normal at this point playing? No, I think that's what's so cool. And I would even say, like, not to always bring back everything to this live thing, but everyone still wants to make sure they can play majors because this shit is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Pulling in, it's cool. Like, I, I was fortunate enough to play the Walker Cup, so I know a bunch of the people that work with the USG and getting to see them and know how much work they put in. You know, Robbie Zalsnek especially. Like, I know he's grinding all the time and getting to talk to him and hear stories about how they set up for this and the next one, and these grandstands are unbelievable. Like, Joe was even saying our favorite second shot on the course so far is a second into 15, and he said he doesn't know if that's just because the stands make it look so cool. I think that's awesome. So, yeah, I think every major is still it's really exciting it dumbs down a little bit of like the wow like the shock and awe uh, as far as the golf courses go because you know what you're gonna get it's gonna be hard as hell but like in like this 18th hole right here this is this is badass i mean you just picture yourself walking up here on sunday with a lead and i mean it's awesome so i'm happy to say that like i think everybody still agrees this stuff's really cool yeah there's a different little buzz and energy to it it uh is there any chance or what, what are your predictions in terms of randy and tc are of course sticklers for course setup do you have an, do you have an, uh, you know an opinion on whether or not we might see some frustration on their end? Yeah, they'll be frustrated because it rained yesterday in <laughs> inch or last night in inch. So hopefully they can make this place a brick. But I think the thing is you will see a little bit of carnage. Um, it will. I think this will be a lot more of a slow bleed. I think you'll see you won't see as many people make crazy like doubles and triples. There's not crazy runoffs a lot of places. Now, granted, I haven't played the front, but as far as the back goes, I think you could see somebody just make a lot of bogeys in a row. If you're out of position, which is easy to do out here, there's not a lot you can do to have a short putt for par. And I think, you know, I don't know if that's stuff they still enjoy. I'm sure they'll hate it. They'll hate it, whatever it is. But um, I think it, you're, you're gonna see guys play well. Like the golf course is, is awesome for that in that space. This should be a huge separator. Yes. Um, and I think regardless of what they say, that is what is good for golf. <laughs> Love it. Well, good luck this week. Thanks Thank for spending you. some time with us and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.